for us, we eat cheese inside and we're our own worst critics and we judge ourselves so harshly. But I always say the ultimate test is for us all to sit down with a glass of wine on a nice sunny day and eat a cheese butter. That's the, real, that's the true test for us. Today on Dirty Linen, we are heading to country Victoria. We are getting out of town. I love hitting the open road. It is a rare privilege. We are going to Millowa Cheese Company where we're talking to Cameron Rowan, the executive cheesemaker at that venerable institution. Welcome to Dirty Linen, Cam. Thanks very much for having me. It's great to, it's great to have a chat. Yeah, it's so good to um, to have you on the show. I love Miller Cheese. It's actually got a special place in my um, pandemic history, which is that right at the start of everything, like mid-March 2020, I was driving around northeast Victoria doing a bushfire recovery story and it was the weekend that the Grand Prix got cancelled and Melbourne Food and Wine Festival got cancelled and everything. It, you know, things were starting to hit the fan. And uh, I just, just didn't know if I was doing the empty esky thing or stocking up for the apocalypse. Uh, but I did have, I did go home with a lot of Miller cheese in my esky. So thanks for that. I hope it, I hope, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it was all in good nick. Definitely, no, definitely uh, got me through a, a good few weeks of uh, isolation. It does seem a very long time ago. Uh, so, look, I'd love to learn a bit more about you and about what you're doing there. Give us a bit of uh, a lowdown. Um, Miller with cheese, what, my role here and what I'm sort of doing here? Or? Yeah, what have you just been doing this week? This week? This week's this cool. We made truffle cheese this week, which is pretty interesting. Um, wow. The local farm last Thursday, I went truffle hunting on a local farm at uh, about 30 minutes from where we are in Moyu and um, found some truffles in the ground and hung out with some um, great locals from the area and uh, they gave us truffles for free for us just to experiment making some cheese. Um, So almost 200 grams of truffle, which is a decent-sized truffle. Um, So that's been super fun. So... Made made some hard cheeses, which is going to take us about a oh, minimum a year to a year and a half before we get to try. Um, I was a little bit more impatient, so I did make a few sort of semi-hard cheeses. Which should, we should be able to taste it around three months as well. So it was pretty exciting to be able to play with that much truffle, you know. And so is that your... Is that, you know, what you kind of do from week to week, like investigate, you know, what cheese to make? I'm sure there's like this, the classics that you have to keep production up with. Like what what is your role there as, as executive cheesemaker? Yeah, so we have Miller with cheese. We have our solid range. Um, um, we have like, well, Miller with cheese is 33 years old, first of all. So to such a pioneer in the industry. So we've got like a few cheeses that are, um, quite famous and well-known around the country. So we definitely, our week-to-week is keeping up with our national distribution. Uh, we've got a retail shop out here, which is extremely popular with being in the, um, northeast Victoria with the, at the moment, with the snow traffic and things like that. And, you know, in a normal in a normal climate, we have quite a regular uh, influx of tourists. So we have a quite a – our shop is a huge part of our business, really, um, which is great to be able to sell a little retail. But we also have national distribution. So we're making around um, maybe five tonne a week um, of proper handmade specialty cheese, um, zero machinery. Like we have vats and tables to battle. We have – um, it's a special place to make cheese because it's 
100% traditional, but we're not large, but when it comes to handmade cheese, we're on the larger side of such a labour-intensive product. So is is that's so interesting, that sort of balance between the artisan approach but that, you know, quite quite reasonable scale. Uh, how do you balance that? Uh, we have high, compared to a lot of businesses, we have very high labour costs, <laughs> um, higher than most, that's for sure. But it's a part of, the, I guess, the business model where, um, yeah, we work hard, super physical, um, it's a cheese making in general is such a craft, it's such a passion industry. It's something that you, if you don't love it, you won't do it. Um, like a lot of, I think people in hospitality, some of, a lot of these can be glorified and romanticized. Um, you know, it's something, yeah, you really got to love the physicality of what we do, but yeah, we just, um, all, work hard really that's all i can say <laughs> and where do you get the milk from uh all our milk comes from northeast victoria all local all local milk we um usually get it from one farm sometimes it's maybe mixed milk with two farms um our goat's milk comes from um just outside of mansfield from goffs bay goats dairy which is amazing like third generation goat farmers um super close contact with those guys and farming practices and um, Murray, the farmer, comes and drops his milk off every Wednesday and we chat and conversate. And that relationship, with, especially with our goat milk farm, is super close where we work together to build each other's businesses together and that relationship's been, I don't know exactly how many years, but a long time. That's so interesting, yeah. With the, um, I mean, so with the cow's milk, would you be the exclusive um, purchaser of that farm's milk? Uh, probably not. Probably not. Um, we, well, I'm not sure. We have less contact with the farmer. Uh, we, we buy from a cooperative. Um, so, but the, it's all, it's sourced locally, but it's, we don't have as much contact farmer with the farmer as we would have, would have liked. But, um, but we are very lucky to get milk from essentially just down the road. So, um, it's super fresh every day um, when you get our delivery. So, yeah, no, we can't complain without cow milk supply. Um, okay, cool. Uh, so it's a family business, Miller Cheese. Um, it, what took you there and how has it been coming into a, a business that, you know, has had, yeah, been run by a family for a few decades? Oh, for me, it's a great honour. Miller Cheese, as I said, is 33 years old one of the pioneers in Australian cheese industry when um, just started by David Brown and Ann Brown back in 1988. Back then we really only made cheddar and I think back then it was still red or white wine and things like that. So um, these guys started blue cheese in this country, washed dry cheeses, and I've been making cheese since I was 19 now, so I've been making cheese for 15 years and... Um, I used to go to ASCA, like Australian Cheesemakers Association award nights, and see David Brown up on stage, and always had a bit of a, a bit of a fanboy for David Brown and Miller with Cheese. And so to take over such an established and well-respected business is an honour, really. It's something I um, to make because, like, for me, Miller with Blue, which is one of our flagship cheeses, is one of my most favourite blues in the country. Always has been. 
Same with King River Gold, something I've eaten for years and uh, to now have the chance to run it, um, yeah, like I said, it's it's an honour to come They really are iconic Australian cheeses. Um, yeah, I love both of them as well. Is it, I mean, what happens when you go to make such iconic cheeses where, I mean, I guess it's all about the consistency. It, are you able to tweak things? Do you see things that you want want done a bit differently or is it all about upholding the heritage? Yeah, it's uh, definitely, as you said, it's about maintaining the long, long uh, heritage of the cheeses that I've been in charge of making. Um but I have definitely been making tweaks on these things. Uh, part of the reason I got brought in because there were some issues um, with consistency and things like this. And so part of that was definitely adapting the recipes, um, often changing them quite a lot, um, following, following some pretty solid cheese-making rules but breaking the rules at the same time um, to sort of achieve what I needed to achieve here. Uh, being such an old business i am working in it's quite an old beautiful factory this one um so we're running a micro biology environment with lots of microbes and it's a very environmental based craft cheese making um so my factory here at miller is uh has its um challenges uh which is a great which is a great part of miller cheese and it's a great part of the factory it's it's actually a huge reason why the cheese tastes the way it tastes because of the age of the factory and the ecology found in the rooms. It's been a very amazing place to make cheese in such an old historic factory. Um, I'm, I'm very lucky to have a very large raw milk um, cheese making training over in Europe and places like this, which gives me, gives me great stead to uh, be able to adapt to this um, to this new factory and to understand the ecology that I have here and, and respect it really just respect what's what's here and be able to try to manipulate um, these environments and um, practice the art of like affinage and cheese making there's sort of two different parts there's the make which is super important moisture content and things like this but then there's the affinage or the finishing of cheese and um, I take a lot of pride in that. So it's a huge part of this job here is the affinage and the finishing of cheeses in these, I wouldn't say volatile rooms, but these rooms that um, have their challenges to control, I guess is a good way to put it. I just love this sense of, you know, the room being such a character in the process. It makes me think of a sound studio, you know, some of the great albums have been recorded at, you know, these amazing places that really carry the history in the walls and in the way things bounce around to these rooms. It's, it's, it makes me think of that. It's definitely what it is. Like, as I said, um, yeah, the moulds and the flavours and the yeasts and the things that grow in this old, um, old sustainable built, built factory is just, um, it's, can be a pain sometimes but it's also where some of the flavors that i get for into these cheeses come from exactly that what's built inside these walls and um we're we're looking at doing some renovations soon because we sort of need to and it's a it's quite a big fear of ours that we're going to well it's something we have to balance pretty installing new equipment and things like that but not changing the current ecology because it's such an important part of what these cheeses have become over the years you know 
as an experienced cheesemaker, can you walk into a room like that and get a bit of a, a vibe? Is there a, a smell or a feeling in the air or is it something that you can really only appreciate what, what when you see how the cheese responds to it? Yeah, it's like any craft. It's like you only know these things by doing it a thousand times. So I've only been here for coming up maybe a year and a half. So it's been a steep learning curve, understanding how these rooms work and how they change with the seasons. Um, like it changes so much, you know, like this, this winter I got caught out a little bit and um, things got wetter than what I wanted them to, even though I was here last winter, but last winter was the hottest winter we've had on record. So um, this winter was then coming into the coldest and wettest. And so, it's definitely something I'm going to have to continue to learn how to manage these rooms. Um, definitely now, the more you know it, I can walk into a room and I know whether something's different or not. Um, but it's definitely something I'm going to have to learn uh, by by being here and I'm um, going to have to spend years and years and years. The, op- the uh, operations manager and uh, head cheesemaker from, was here for 24 years, I believe, before me. Um, so he knew it. He, he knew it better than anybody. So it's now up to me to... Um, learn how this factory works and then try to teach that to um, our up-and-coming cheesemakers and um, teach how important those kind of things are, which is an interesting thing to um, to go through. Mm. Is that what appealed to you about cheese in the first place? I mean, did you have a, a sort of mentor that taught you these things? Yeah, yeah, definitely the craft, the the actual fabrication side of things is what got me in when I was younger. Like I started making cheese when I was 19. Um, I met Jack Holman from his now Stone and Crow um, Cheese Company. Uh, and who, cause I, I'm, I'm from the Yarra Valley, so I worked at the Yarra Valley Dairy for many years. And that's where it started as a young passion. Um, but my, my true cheese-making journey really started overseas, which I really started to understand um, – what it was and made cheese with some um well really for me it was raw milk raw milk making cheese through raw milk was a big part of my education and understanding how cheese works where we're just operating a natural fermentation process we're just allowing it to ferment and and do what's already meant what's inside the cheese with which is what raw milk is you know you don't need to add white mold to raw milk cheese white mold will naturally grow or you don't need to add the things we have to add making pasteurised milk cheese. Um, with the, like, You can make amazing cheese. You can, we can do the same sort of, sorts of things, but just with raw milk is really where I learnt how to control that microbial side of pasteurised cheese making. Mm, I mean, because of the regulations in Australia, we aren't really able to make raw milk cheese in the same way that's done, let's say, in Europe and indeed the US and really pretty much the rest of the world. But um, is there always a sort of, I mean, do you, just, do you just have to put that aside or is it still a bit of a frustration? No, because it's you can make amazing cheese and we make amazing cheese with pasteurised milk. It's just a different learning curve. And and I, I feel I feel like I wouldn't be as good a cheesemaker as I am now if I hadn't have gone and made raw milk cheese and understood how how it really works in a natural process. Uh, not as though if what we're doing is not natural. It's just um, it's it's very different. So, but like we can make raw milk cheese in Australia now under under some strict guidelines. But it is possible, and there are people doing it, which is which is very exciting. Um, but yeah, as I said, with that said, like. 
some of the best cheeses in the world are still made with pasteurized milk. Through, even even through Europe, there's still a lot of cheeses that are pasteurized and make amazing cheese. So okay. It is, it is possible. It's, it's possible. It just takes extra care and, um, I guess, knowledge to know how to recreate it. So take us on your time, through your time in, in France and England. Where did you work? What did you learn? What have you been able to bring back from there to here? Um, I started, I was really lucky. I, I went over to France and studied at a French technology school, um, which essentially you're here for technology school. We go and learn how to be an electrician or a builder, but we can, over there you can go to cheese technology school where um, you learn how to make cheese. And when I say cheese, I'm talking like Comte and Roquefort and Morbier and, you know, the big 10, like the, some of the best French cheeses getting around. And this is like sit-down classwork practical so that was an amazing experience to have when I was super young I was an annoying young well, 21 year old or and I just wouldn't leave I went over there for a two-week course and you know kindly refused to leave and I was lucky enough to get taken in by the English teacher who took me in and helped with my the language gap and got me into school and allowed me to I ended up just living on campus in this French technology school I didn't speak a word of French um, I just nutted it out for a long time and then through that school I got cheese placement in, out in the cheese Alps and spent months making cheese out in the um, down south just about an hour out of Grenoble in the south uh, Alps and that was a huge part uh, of my starting of understanding of cheese making cheese down south and uh, up in the mountains and living it because cheese making and it's a lifestyle so that was where it's all good to be in a classroom and that kind of environment, but then to actually be on farm, like sleeping in the attic above the cheese factory, um, living the lifestyle, which is which is kind of what it's all about. It's 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 farm life. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah, it's something you've really got to attend to, and I suppose attend to very differently through the seasons as well. Oh, absolutely, especially up in the French Alps, it's minus forty degrees and. Um, and yeah, you're trying to even just uh, how the animals change in the seasons and and all those kind of things. Um, but yeah, those those kind of techniques was that's what I mean by operating a natural fermentation process, which broke all the rules that I'd learnt here in Australia. Um, learning how to use make my own whey starters and yogurt starters and um, using using techniques that I never dreamed possible. Like my one of my great stories is there's a there's a there's a mold or a, yeah, it's called microderm and it's like a grey mold. Um, in France, they just put a bucket of fertilizer so it's poo into the maturing room, which creates this grey mold onto the cheese. Um, over here, it's just just things like that. It's just completely... <laughs> you just you wouldn't really find a bucket of poo in the corner of your oh, factory in Milloa. Just next level. Like, even their equipment, it all gets stored on the ground, and there's just. You know what I mean? It's just a complete eye-opener to what's possible when you say you've come from an environment so sterile and um, and then and then you go to, this, I guess, the birthplace and you see how, it, I guess, like you say, it's really done. It really opens up. Um, but for, for me, my biggest – France was huge and I've been there a few times and made different kinds of cheeses there. But England was where it really came to me, I guess, being able to speak the language – uh, a lot more. I, I, I made cheese with a lady called Mary Holbrook um, in a little town called Timsborough in the south of England, just outside of Bath. 
and she's a goat milk farmer and I lived on her farm for a year and um, that was where it really clicked for me. Um, living on farm again um, and just being totally in control of her factory where she essentially, by that stage I'd learnt more and I felt confident more with cheese and she essentially let me do my thing there and that's where I really understood. It was almost like a matrix moment where it's like an epiphany where you understand what you need to do to be able to create the different flavours and the kind of starters you need to use. Um, and that's because that's still how I make cheese to this day. So I'm, I'm still very instinctual. I, I like it's feel like it's very instinctual and in how things feel and touch and, and like I just have to follow sort of what I think on in the moment and seems to work most of the time. I mean, it, I guess you don't know if you've if your instincts were right if you if you've gone down the right path until you know months or years later with some cheeses. I mean, what's that sort of waiting like? Uh, well, back in the day, it was a lot more painful than what it is now. Um, <laughs> I'm more confident with my skills these days, but yeah, there's been some. I always call it it's like the cheesemaker's night. Um, so when you go home after a day's make, you because um, let, let's say like making any cheese, it's just usually a few days process and pH and levels of acidity is so important, which is an overnight fermentation process. Um, and you need to hit, say, a target pH, which is which doesn't give you a lot of range, say 5.1 to 5.3. You know, you need to hit it in that mark. And um, so you go, you go and you sleep all night. And, of course, back in the day, I used to uh, do my head in of a night time, hoping that I've done the right things and all this kind of stuff. But... Um, I'm pretty good at it. Now. I'm much better at it now, and I've developed. I'm able to really develop solid recipes that I know have a little bit of leeway for those environmental and daily changes. Um, and you know, in, in the modern day, we use a lot of temperature-controlled rooms and things like that to help with that. Um, but even even like last week, you know, we had a stupid cold night, and then of course the, we came in. The pHs of all our cheeses are all high, so we had to wait two days to get them down and. Um, still happens. We still get caught out um, in things essentially totally out of our control. Um, Is that what you love about it as well? I love it. It's crazy. It keeps you on your toes, and you know, you, I think like any of those kind of things, love hate sometimes. But no, it's that's what keeps that's what keeps us going because it's exciting. It's like we feel like we have a part in how it, how it tastes. It's not just operating a process. Or bait, you know, it's not just operating a simple process and we just do the same thing every day and we have no thought into it. It's like each day there's a team of about three or four of us that really have a huge impact in it and we just we just find ourselves conversating about it all the time and discussing things we're going to try next time. And um, our recipe, we've, we've got a really good team here and we're, it's really nice because right now we make amazing, great cheese, but we want to make better cheese again. So we call it fine tuning now. Now we're just fine tuning. They're making slight little changes to um, see what happens down in, down the road in the three or four months time. So it's a super exciting um, place to be, and it's great to have that new spark. As I said, I've only been here for a year and a half, but you know we're, we're so keen and we're so I guess honoured to take on this new challenge here at Miller Cheese and. Um, it's great to have that spark. Especially, I've got a whole team of new cheesemakers with no background in cheese, and they've fallen in love with it as well. And um, so, it's, it's great for me to have such a passionate team behind me because without a team, I can't do it all by myself. Like, I need a team to sort of make as much as we make here, um, especially with how hands-on it is. It's 
it's as traditional as it gets. Here there's zero machinery in this factory and for making quite a large amount of specialty cheese. What, back in the day, like back in the Yarra Valley when you first got interested in cheese, I mean, what was it that sparked it for you? I mean, how did you become that 21-year-old that wouldn't stop asking questions even though he didn't speak French? <laughs> um, what was it? It was just the... Um, being able to a big thing, a big part of it was being able to share it, like essentially like the sense of reward of being able to do a physical manual work, but then to be able to sit down and eat it and enjoy it with friends and family. Or and um, I always say it's like because for us we eat cheese inside and we're our own worst critics and we judge ourselves so harshly. But I always say the ultimate test for us all to sit down with a glass of wine on a nice sunny day and eat a cheese platter because that's the real that's the true test for us where because in in factory in the white walls and the environments we're in it's a, it's a different taste but you need a so that was a huge part of why I fell in love with it I was very proud of what I was able to create um which is a huge part of why I fell in love with it but also the craft like it's a it's such a great thing to be able to manage this it's like magic we get milk in the morning, by the afternoon we've got these sort of solid curds and then the next day we have a firmer mass and then it's it's the only way I can describe it. It's, I, feel, I still feel like 15 years down the track, it's still like magic every day and I just can't believe what we're able to achieve from milk and the same four ingredients every day. It's a, um, it's a mesmerising career and um, path, yeah, it's... It's a really great craft. Do you feel like there's we're sort of at a pretty exciting point in Australian artisan cheese making with you know the Castlemaine Cheese School opening up? Um, as as you say, some people are making cheese with raw milk. I mean, do you feel like this is a, a bit of a new era? Oh, it's been a new era for a while now. Like back from when I started, it's it's grown so much, so much, and just our education's grown so much. We're passionate people all over Australia, learning how to make cheese, and and of course we're behind the eight ball. We're such a new country where, you know, we're, it's going to take us time to learn, but um, it's a super exciting time. The cheese that's coming out of Australia now is great. There's a lot of fantastic cheese getting made by passionate people, putting the time and effort into what it takes to develop that craft. And, it, and, it, and like I said earlier on in the conversation, it's a craft that has to develop over years, years and years and years because things change and adapt. So the only way to become great at these things is to do them for a large amount of time and try different things. So it's such a great journey to be a, be a part of. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a super exciting time. And, like, yeah, the raw milk thing in Australia is super exciting because it's the ultimate expression of our land and our terroir uh, whatever the word is, um, it's a great expression of what Australia's soil and our air and our cows are. And I've made a lot of raw milk cheese in this country um, with our milk, and it's it's next level. It's delicious, and um, we're going to see that more and more and more as time goes on, um, which is a super exciting. It's just great. It, that, that's why I always say Australia's like an, still like an El Dorado. We still have a chance to create and invent new cheeses that have never been made before because we're so young and uh, it's a great place to make cheese. Have you, do you have ambitions to do raw milk cheese at Millua? Uh, yeah, I had a conversation with our CEO the other day about it. Um, we have a pasteurised milk factory, so it's, um, it's there's, there's still a lot of hoops you have to jump through. Um, but, 
yeah, we're exploring the option and seeing whether it's possible for us to do so. Um, something that we would like to, yeah, both. I am um, my Crudman Brown, who's the daughter of David Brown, the founder, is such a passionate cheese lover and expert, cheese expert, and she just ex- encourages us to do whatever we need to do or want to do. She, um, it's such an honour to make cheese with her. It's kind of a reason why I came to her, Miller, really, because she um, is such a cheese geek and wants to make the best possible cheese possible. It doesn't matter about the whether it's exactly viable or things like that. She just wants it to be the best, which is such a great place to work where you can see, oh, just make the best cheese you can and, and she's involved and uh, in the factory and helps us. And um, So, yeah, you know, together with... With, with my knowledge and having the backing of someone like that, um, anything's possible for us, really. I remember doing a video shoot in um, in the northeast in the high country a couple of years ago and Keridwin came out. She was going to supply some cheese. We were filming on the river with um, Frank Kimura from Movita and so she was going to bring a cheese board, but <laughs> basically like she'd filled up a car with cheese and it just kept coming out and, uh, yeah, just basically filled a whole table. It was just incredible. But I, I think the thing that really shone through, apart from the amazing cheese, was just the pride and the joy in sharing it. Yeah, like the whole family, the Brown family, like I said, from her father and her mother being such pioneers and it's still being a family business and they're passed down to Caribbean and Caribbean just carries that on, you know. I'm not going to say stronger, but, you know, the same passion towards it. Just um, because it's not always the case that you've got, you know, your boss or your CEO, the person who owns it, just to be pretty much constantly like push the bar, push the bar, push the bar, like um, age cheese as long as we can, try different things, Um we're very lucky to have someone like that uh, allowing us to, to do what she would do, uh, to, just to do what we do. But, like, because Caribbean has her own cheese um, knowledge herself. She's an Athenaer of, of cheese, spent many years overseas herself exploring the range. So, um, yeah, it's an, anyway, I look forward to what her and I can create together as cheese lovers and cheese geeks. What what sort of impact has the pandemic had on you? I mean, it's it's you know producers have to keep producing, of course, which is which is brilliant. But you're quite close to the New South Wales border there, and as you say, the cheese factories um, got this large retail arm, and you know there's always buses coming in and out, or in normal times there are. Like, has how has it impacted you? Yeah, it's been here. Like, like, like you said before in the conversation, again, we're making cheese three months, three to six months in advance or a year in advance. And then with when coronavirus shuts us down, especially in the beginning, um, it's been a roller coaster ride of production planning and throwing cheese in the bin and, um, you know, things getting too ripe and then not having enough because it kicks back off again. And um, for us, it's been having to adapt and um, develop new ways like online sales has been a big thing for us and starting our own cheese club um, to try to be able to give the consumer the cheese in the best quality where we can just sort of essentially choose when we can get it to them and that's what cheese club is for us where um, because we have control and when the customer is going to get it we can get it to the customer in the greatest condition and I think that's a that's the hardest part of our job is to get the cheese to the people you know when it's ripe and ready and perfect and um, developing ways like our cheese club that's going to be able to um, allow us to do so. So just adapting with the times and 
Um, but yeah, the border closures here has just been, we're so close to New South Wales border and it's been huge. The snow, the snow not being able to, you know, the snow traffic and the mountains being shut down and reopened and things like that. It's, it's continuing every day to be a huge challenge. Um, but we're lucky to have support of our local community, like the Northeast Victorian community is amazing and our local wholesalers picked up, you know, a huge amount with people supporting the local businesses and trying to get rid of stock and um, other online platforms and kind of, kind of things stepping in and um, cheese therapy and these kind of things helping with taking cheese as well and, um, you know, all of our national distribution customers and everybody's been super supportive and trying to help where they can there's like um the place called the mold collective that do mold festival support australian cheese makers and take the cheese that we need to get rid of and are constantly just trying to help as much as they can um to help us really yeah oh that's good i mean it's i guess at least you know Everyone's had to innovate, and I suppose if you come out of all of this with, you know, a great online community and new retail opportunities and wholesale opportunities, then I guess that's good. But it, it does sound, I mean, the idea of putting cheese in the bin, that just sounds very heartbreaking. Um, but at the same time, I can imagine that the fact that, you know, you got get to do this very magical, natural process of turning milk into cheese, I mean, it must be nice to be able to, I, not, perhaps not turn your back, but to turn away from the, all the commercial side of it and from the coronavirus in general and just make some beautiful cheese. Yeah, that's it. Heads down, bum up, as they say. And like, you know, just, just even saying what I said then, it's like a big positive part of what's happened is it's brought everyone together and to have the support of, you know, your distribution chains and these different online people that have put their hands up to try to help and like people are there to help and it's there's more there's more there's a lot of positive in it as well that comes from such a pandemic and um you know with every with every great down there comes a great up in life and i think there's a lot to learn from that and you know it's been um sometimes overwhelming the support we've had that's beautiful well cam do you want to finish by telling me about a cheese that i should really get my mouth around um yeah i haven't thought about this one um we just made a cheese called Cooper for the birth of Cruben's new baby. It's like a semi-hard cow's milk cheese with, um, with marbled with grapevine ash. Um, it's just something that I've I learned how to make in the south of France, and it's it's different. It's really its own creation. It's sort of like high lactic acid in the beginning, but then turns into this like burnt caramel butterscotch with this like subtle characteristic flavour. Um, so yeah, Cooper's been a really great cheese that we've created here. Um, and like for anyone listening, if you haven't tried Millowa Blue or our King River Gold there, before I even made cheese here, they were both in my top three cheeses in the world after eating cheese in the world. I think they're both outstanding. And if you haven't tried something like that, um, give it a go because it's, it's, it's really something next level. It's definitely made in this country. That's for sure. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much, Cam. It's been really awesome to catch up with you. I've got a new cheese to try. I'm very excited about that. Uh, yeah, thanks so much for giving us the word from Miller today. Yeah, it's been great. I've really enjoyed it. Thanks, thanks for having us, um, having us on and supporting us again through this. Yeah, no worries. Take care. Well, we have a great day. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. 
If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This.